are listening to the Intention Radio Network. This is the Intentional Talk Radio Network. It is a hump day. Thank you for joining us. This is In The Mix, Conversations with Colette and Corliss. Thank you for joining us. We've got a great show for you. We are going to talk about all things that impact your life. So come on back, folks. And if you'd like to join the conversation, you can do that. You can go to itrnradio.com and get on Zoom or You can send us a message at 682-710-1101. That's 682-710-1101. Stay tuned. We've got a great ride for you this afternoon. We've got a great show. And we've got our favorite person in the world, the pastor. The pastor right here on itrnradio.com. Dr. James Turkbent will be right back with us at the top of the hour, folks. Okay. It's that time. It is a hump day. And we are getting ready for a brand new show. Day right here on itrnradio.com. Straight up, straight up, straight up. This is in the mix. This is Conversations with Colette and Corliss. I am your host, Colette Williams. We've got a great show for you this afternoon. We have our special guest, our special friend, our pastor, Pastor James Turkman. How you doing, Pastor? I'm doing excellent, Colette. I'm doing absolutely wonderful today. So happy to be here. Good, good, good. There's a whole lot to talk about, Pastor. There's a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about. But first, let's get to the business at hand. What's happening in the Big D? Well, you know, in the Big D, we got a lot of things going on right now. Um, Everybody's preparing to vote in Texas as a whole. We're getting ready to vote on uh, from governorship on down to other positions. And so that's really high right now. I noticed recently they just started running ads. They just started running ads, which I think was very intelligent about the weather storm that we had last year. I was wondering when he was going to do that or whoever done that because he wasn't doing it. He just started. I noticed um I think it was um, this week, if I'm not mistaken. Well, whoever started it was a great ticket. So that's part of the big thing that's on uh, on the rim here in, in, in Texas and in Dallas, Texas. And, and, and so I think Beto is gaining ground. As you see across America, you will notice that a lot of people are gaining ground. I noticed Stacey Abrams have gained a lot of ground in Georgia in that particular situation out there. And possibly due to a lot of our foolishness that have been going on on the Republican side, like Herschel Walker running against Ooh, Herschel Walmart. Walker. Ooh. He's a case. There's a lot going on every oh. day. Past continue to come up on him. And uh, that's the thing about politics. They bring up your past. And so if you're not ready for your past to be brought up, okay, don't jump in. Yeah, don't jump in. <laughs> don't jump in. And his son, and I didn't realize that that was his son who went on that rant. His son said the family told him, they begged him not to get in because he obviously has a long history, a long trail of dirt. Right. And, 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 uh, and not only does he have a long trail of dirt, he's not real bright. Right. And he's not real bright. Some of the <laughs> things that he has stated he could not possibly think that people are not turning him into a clown. People, he's, he is a clown. And the guy who I don't remember which repub he is, but they've interviewed him and, and he has said he's going to make our state, 
safer. He's going to make our streets safer and he's going to something else. One more thing. But they never say anything decent about him except that he's going to make the streets safer. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that. The mm-hmm. man has an ailment, a brain ailment that causes him to have dual personalities. Mm. So he shouldn't even be allowed to run. Okay. So he's got major issues. He's got Mm -hmm. major issues along with he's a pathological liar, but the repubs don't mind Mm. because they have a clown and I, I don't need to tell you who he is, the maggot. He's a pathological liar. So they are okay with lying. And I discovered a very long time ago, pathological pathological liars never change. That's how they live. Mm. No matter who it is, that's how they live. So the things, yeah, the things that Herschel Walker is saying, it's so damaging. Mm -hmm. It's so damaging. Yes. His family will disown him and then they'll feel sorry for him. Mm -hmm. Because he is, he's really, he's damaged goods. And what I read can said today, he said, you know, uh, he basically always went out on my mom banging other women. That's what his words were. Yes. Wow. You know, basically his son saying, hey, dad, you haven't been a good father. Right. And he said yeah, he's got four, four kids with four, by four different women. And mm. he's never been at home with one of them. Wow. Never. And they also said that the wife who claimed that he put a gun to her head, he doesn't deny it. Mm. He, he doesn't deny it. He makes an excuse for it. He said that he has this brain injury, this brain condition, and he didn't know he had it. Mm-hmm. So his excuse was, he he has this brain condition that causes him to have dual personalities. Mm. So he didn't even know he had it. And that's what he's saying. He didn't know he had it, which mm. means I've got a brain problem mm-hmm. that sometimes takes me to another level and I may do things that are, that I can't help. Right. Okay. So he didn't say that he did not do it. And that is wrong. What he did say was the girl that said she had an abortion for him. Mm -hmm. He said that now that's a lie. That's what he said. But I would expect him to say that. Mm -hmm. I would expect him to say that. Mm -hmm. And, and remember liars always cheat. Cheaters always lie. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) It's just a fact. It's simply. Uh, she had paperwork proving she had a, she had a card and she had a bill mm-hmm. and she had she had the bill for five hundred dollars. He gave her seven hundred dollars and he gave her a get well card. Mm. And he says, "I give a lot of people money. I give a lot of people money. That's there's that's no big thing. That's no big thing. But mm. it, it it's." I think that he makes black people look really bad. And I don't think that we should take the position that he speaks for all of us. No. He doesn't speak for any of us. But he certainly, he certainly makes himself look like a clown. Mm -hmm. And those that, those few people that support him, they don't know what they're doing either. Mm-hmm. And why do, in this day and time, why do we have to have people like that? Well, I think it was not a well thought out plan. They figured we, we want that particular seat because they want the strength of the Republicans in the Senate. And they thought we'll get somebody with a reputable name, probably has to be a black person or somebody that everybody knows. And he just happened to fit the bill. And it wasn't a lot of research done on him. And uh, they thought through his uh, notoriety, his publicity, that they could pull it off and they could beat 
uh, the now the incumbent uh, Ralph Warnock, Reverend Ralph Warnock, uh, with the popular guy. And Warnock is very popular. Mm-hmm. He won. He won the first time. That's right. He, he's in. He he potentially can win this time. Yes. But but the the mess and and the the mess I can't call it anything else. But the mm-hmm. mess that Herschel Walker can create, it, it, it's really unconscionable because it's so unnecessary. It's just simply unnecessary. Well, I think he's hurting himself and he's hurting I agree. the state of Georgia. And if you notice, Stacey Abrams' numbers have went up. Yes, yes. So actually he's helping uh, Stacey Abrams in a sense yeah. for her governor, uh, governor. Uh, run so yeah he's uh he's he's killing them basically right right well and it's really too bad it's it's quite sad because people like him again set us back he's not doing anything to help the black community and he's never said that he could help or that he represents the black community and quite frankly i'm glad because he does not represent the black community. He does not represent any of us. Not at all. Not at all. So what he says, it's, it's damning and it's damaging. Mm-hmm. And he's just really the kind of person he should probably just roll up his, I don't know, his fake grass and go home. Right. Well, you okay. know, like that have been privileged and he's Heisman Trophy runner. He's an NFL, you know, he played for USFL. He played for the Cowboys. We got rid of him at the Cowboys, and it was one of the best things that ever happened to Dallas because we wind up getting um, some good picks for him, and that caused us to win three Super Bowls out of it. And we got rid of him, and the people that he went to, they hated they made him deal with us. So, um, you know, he he's had a life where he's got a lot of things that he wanted. And he may not understand uh, or remember what the average black person really goes through. You see that now with a lot of rappers and stuff because they've been rich for years since they were kids. They don't understand what most blacks go through. Well, and, and most rappers come from either very meager means mm-hmm. or they come from real straight up ghetto means. And I'm not sure where Herschel Walker comes from. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I care about the damage that he's doing now. Mm-hmm. I don't care about Patrice Colors. I care about the damage that she's doing to the black community. And we were in another um, event and she came up and the, the, the image and what she has done mm-hmm. is so so wrong and so right. nasty and negative to so many people that mm-hmm. she it would it would serve her right if she could go to jail. Right. It would serve her right. Uh, I was talking with someone uh, the other day, and she actually brought up BLM and and those people. They are being sued internally and externally. Mm-hmm. So they probably have more lawsuits than they care to count because of the things that they've done. Mm-hmm. Because of all of the money that they have stolen. Right. And they will not say that it was money stolen, but it was money stolen because they collected all that money in the name of black people and what they were going to do in the black community. And they've done nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was just told the other day that she has a house, a $6 million house under construction now. Mm -hmm. And she has the other one in Topanga Canyon, a million something. I think she may have four houses. Yes. She's got four. Mm -hmm. The four or five. Yes. She has that many houses plus all of the other things that she has done. So, and quite frankly, her her manifesto 
uh, their mission statement, the fact that she has this dire need to support the LGB and all of those people mm-hmm. on the backs of Black lives. Right. Okay. Telling people that Black lives matter. And that's not really what she's doing. Mm-hmm. Her, the mission states that their focus is the queer transgender community. That's their entire focus. Mm-hmm. And they are their need to deconstruct the nuclear family, take the nuclear family and dispose of it. Wow. So, and you can read it. It's in black and white. So what does that do for the black community? And for people who feel as I do, that she alone, BLM alone, has set back 100 years you know what? The people that, that are like that, her, Herschel Walker, and a few others. Yeah, um, and like the girl with the Me Too movement, you know, the Me Too movement. And I really had heard about the Me Too movement, but since I've written my book that you know, uh, Ordinary Day, it has some aspects of the Me Too movement where, um, you know, women are able to come out, they've been raped, or people have been raped by powerful men powerful um, people in charge. And so that young lady is also pushing for the same community. And I think it, you're right, Patrice Collins and the things that her and her uh, assistants have done is pouring down the black community and not building up. There's a lot of money that have went across America to help black people and it has not come to pass. And so if the community of America wake up and say, where's all the money that was given to make sure that black people, you know, have this, have that. Where's it going? We don't right. see it. Right. We don't see it nowhere. We don't see no. it. Don't, we don't, see, see. don't see one red cent. We don't see. don't see one red cent. Now, the people that BLM was supposed to support, which mm-hmm. were the families of those who were murdered by right. the police, those families also have a lawsuit against her because they never saw a dime. And BLM went on a so-called campaign to promote what those people should have gotten and how they were going to be made whole after the loss of their family member. And they never did that. Never did that. Never did one thing. Some of the civil rights leaders right now, a couple of them that have moved to Dallas. And I'm told that none of the families are getting any of the money that's coming that's right. in. That's right. And these people are going around. Yes, saying they are. They're fighting for these people that have gotten killed by police. It's a real big deal. People that are getting killed by police. And these guy, one particular uh, attorney um, that moved to Dallas recently, uh, his name is involved in another guy in Dallas. And I know there are people outside of Dallas, but they are bringing in a lot of money and it's not going to people that it should be going to which other yeah. family. Right. And it's not going to those families. Not at all. Exactly. And it's really a shame because people are led to believe one thing mm-hmm. and it's something different. It's this very same way these propositions are written. Your no means yes and your yes means no. They can write a proposition and confuse you and turn it into something else. And you don't know where you voted. You don't right. even know what you voted for. Right. So it, it's similar to that. Exactly. People, people do this on the backs of people in the community. They make these claims and they have no intention on doing anything mm-hmm. for these people. No yeah. intention whatsoever. None. That's there's bad. A, but it's yeah. True. There's another one. The initiative for, uh, tobacco. Mm-hmm. And what folks never understand is the damage that tobacco and, and, and liquor stores do in communities. And mm-hmm. I say, I say it all the time. We no longer have communities. We have hoods. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything is the hood. Right. And, it, and if I saw Steve Harvey, I'd sock him because mm-hmm. 
he came out with the hoodie awards. Yeah. Who? What? The hoodie awards? As if that's something to be awarded for? Mm. The yeah. hoodie award? That's as bad as ghetto fabulous. And there is no word called ghetto fabulous. That ain't even a word. <laughs> okay. But the hoodie awards. Really? Come mm. on. Really? What is a what is a hoodie? You're being awarded. You're being given an award for what? As a recipient of a hoodie award, you're you're real ghetto. Is that it? <laughs> you're being awarded for what? Not for, I don't know. What could it be for? We didn't need that. We did yeah. not need the hoodie awards because we no longer have communities. We have hoods mm-hmm. and we vote we, those of us that vote right. what are we what are we doing to ensure that our vote is not only counted but it means something and we don't have to go down this road any longer what does mm-hmm. that what is that what is that what are we doing mm-hmm. so, yeah we got, we got a lot of thought we've got to get out the vote we got over 30 days right now before we vote in November and you got to get out and vote. If you don't vote, you're part of the problem. Yes, absolutely. If you don't vote, you're absolutely part of the problem. Yeah. And how do we resolve all of the issues that we have? How do we do that? Have you heard of the Black Wall Street market? I have heard of the Black Wall Street market. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, they are in Stonecrest, which is just outside of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And the Black Wall Street Market will be celebrating one year next month. They opened, they opened somewhere around the middle of November. It was before Thanksgiving, I believe. Okay. So they're coming up on, on their one year anniversary. That's great. Yeah, they are looking for, uh, merchants. Mm -hmm. They're looking for merchants. And I find it awfully unsettling that one, they have to look for merchants. Mm-hmm. Two, they have to be afraid of what's being said about them. Three, they have to take a step back and not put everything out there because of what people might say about yeah. The roof is leaking. They don't have this. They don't have that. So they are at the moment not publicizing themselves because there are some things that still have to be repaired mm-hmm. and they're having to uh, take some time to get those things done. But they have to be afraid to get out there and really promote the Black Wall Street market. Yeah, because when you really promote for Black people, then you become an enemy. Uh, there are It's evil that's against you when you promote for Black people. Uh, when you get out there, um, these guys are really promoting. But the people that's out there that's not promoting for Black people, then they're not, they don't have to worry about anything because they're not doing anything anyway. They're just taking money, uh, under the table and making money off of black people, which they're going to be held accountable for that one day tremendously, if not in this land, in a higher land. But, uh, I was thinking today, and then we have a lot of good white people speaking of that because many of my friends, but a lot of white people, they don't understand why we're happy about. It. I just went to take my sister to see Woman King, and some of them don't understand why. Many of us are excited about movies like Woman King, and then we have Wakanda coming up. Oprah Winfrey has a Cindy Forty Eight uh, documentary coming out, and there's a few. Tyler Perry has uh, something coming out. Why we're excited about certain things. We have been a people that have been attacked and taken from and everything we've had in different, in different times and yes. seasons have been torn down, burned up, uh, 
criminalized. I mean, just all kinds of things have happened to us. When we see something finally start to birth, we're excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so be in the number to make sure that woman king is at. I was excited that a black woman with a dark skin like Viola um, Viola Davis that, yeah, could be the lead uh, over a movie. You know, she's been in a lot of movies, but this is the first time I've seen her carry the entire movie herself. Well, I saw the movie, and mm-hmm. there are people who said the movie was, mm, well, uh, yeah, well, it starts out slow, and then it picks up, and then it's okay. And you know what? Viola Davis could have screamed and yelled, and it's a tough one to watch because it is gory. Mm-hmm. But when you think about what she had to go through to get to that point where she could be that woman king in that movie. Yeah. I think that that's not easy. Mm-mm. That's not easy at all. She had a whole lot of jumping and that, ooh, she won't come out of that for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Okay. That getting to that place on positive was not easy. Yeah. And <laughs> instead of supporting her for that movie, whether you like the movie or not, whether mm-hmm. it was your kind of movie or not, Black folks should support her. I agree. The first weekend, it was 19 million. That's right. How come it wasn't 100 million? That's right. Okay. How come it wasn't? And we went to a theater over on the west side of LA in a heavily Jewish and Armenian community. And of course, the theater was not even halfway full. There were so many, there were so many empty seats. There were sections of empty seats. There were some white folks in there, uh-huh. but the majority of the people were black. Okay. But, but it should have been packed. I agree. It should have been packed. And this shows you how we will and will not support one another. Uh-huh. Black Wall Street. There should be no question about the support of I Black agree. Wall Street. None. Okay. Warnock and Stacey Abrams should have every black vote. Herschel Walker should they should put him in a in a in a knapsack and send him home. Okay. Uh those people who set us back need to go home. We need to start building a platform. Yeah. We need mm-hmm. to start creating a foundation that says who we are yeah. and what we are about and what we need, that we have to take care of ourselves. Right. An intelligent organization that says we strive to be wise, intelligent people. And and that's what people try to take away from us. They're, they're saying we're not. When we have a lot of intelligent people, a lot of wise people, they're saying all black women are hot-headed. That's not true. Not at all. But but what is Herschel Walker? What is Herschel Walker? (laughs) Okay. And and black women are not hotheads. Black women have had to fight for everything. Nothing has come easy. Mm -hmm. Nothing has come easy. So on TikTok, which I don't I don't listen to, no, Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Every club is about the disparities between black men and women, the dissension between black men and women, the the battle between black men and women. Mm-hmm. I, I often say, are you guys kidding me? Really? Why are you not talking about voting? Why mm-hmm. are you not talking about the black community and what we need to do to change our narrative? Why are you not talking about the things that mean something to the black community as a whole? Why, Why are you not talking about marriage anymore? Why is that not important? Why is the yes. family important? Why so many young black are not trying to get married anymore? They don't believe no. in you. It's not important, mom. No. We just, I just, uh, we, we just, that's the old way. Yeah. What, what's so old about being right? Yeah. I'm doing my thing. I'm staying in my lane. I don't need to be married. I don't need to be tied down with this. I don't need to be there. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. We are the only ethnicity who are losing in terms of our families. The Mexicans are blowing sky, beyond sky high. Okay. They will be here forever. They will have a good 15, 20, 25 generations because they're reproducing. Mm. And they, and they know what it means to have a strong family. And, and one of the things that you can take to the bank, they may not like each other, but they're not going to let you know. And they're not going to take you over them. They may, that, they're going to keep their dirty laundry in their circles. Mm-hmm. They are going to keep their dirty laundry in their circles. They may not like some of the people in the circle, but you can rest assured. You will never know it. And they're not going to take you over the people they don't like. I've been um, interviewing a lot of Mexican people recently. Uh, and uh, what I found out, um, one guy's a chef. Uh, and I talked to him. Every morning he would come in to this particular place we're all a part of. I, contra- I do contracts through him and uh, as a contractor. And he is on the phone early in the morning. He's got a smile. And I'm wondering, who is he talking to? He's really... So I kind of figure maybe he's talking to his wife. And so he kind of, I guess, recognized he wants to let me know, oh, yeah, I'm talking to my wife. I kind of put two and two together, figure you're talking. He's talking to his wife every morning. So he every morning. So one day he raises up, he shows me his wife face, and she's excited. And I'm, I'm like, you know, that's early in the morning. His wife gets on the phone with him early in the morning and makes sure she talks to him. So I'm watching this other Mexican couple. And every morning that she comes in, her husband walks her up to the door, give her a kiss, and let her know, make sure she's in the door. Well, I'm saying these things to say, we have lost some of the values that we used to mm-hmm. participate in as black, uh, loving each other, being tender and uh, caring for one another. We've got to go back to the old landmark. And if we're going to rebuild families, and yes, we do need rebuild families. We do need men in the families. Your children, young ladies, and need men. We need families. They need. We're not going to have success if we don't have a true family. And and we have lost it. We've lost it because we have generations that say it's not necessary. You do your thing, I'll do mine. Right. Okay, so we cannot insist that we all stay together, that we vote the same way, that we have the same foundation. Why would you do that? Because it no longer works. It no longer works. We live in a technological age, Mm -hmm. and that technological age says family, the nuclear family, is no longer necessary. Mm-hmm. So I came up in a time where the family was absolute and absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing, if you didn't have family, there was nothing else. Yeah. You come in the family. There was you, nothing else. You had a time, you had the culture. Yes. With culture. Yeah. You know, the family went to what? The table. Right. Table, you ask questions. You talked about, hey, what happened in school today? You know, what went on? You know, how was class? You talk. Now, we don't have that. We we have people come in our house, and they pick up video games. Somebody cut on the television. Somebody's on the Internet. And they all do different things. Yes. Yeah, they all do different things. They all go their way. They don't sit down at the dinner table and eat together. They don't break bread together. They don't eat together. They don't pray together. They don't stay together. Mm-mm. You the food food's on. Come fix your plate. Come fix your plate. One goes to another room. The other one goes to the other room. Some go outside. Some sit in the car. Some sit in the living room in front of the television. Right. Okay, if there's six people in the house, they're all in different six different areas, right? In, including the dogs. Okay, mm-hmm. they're all gone, and right. this generation does not understand how harmful that is to the family. Thus, the community. Right. Okay. So 
it doesn't matter. It just simply does not matter. And when I started voting at the age of 18, mm-hmm. my mother was already the pillar in the community. My wow. mother was already the pillar in the community. Everybody knew my mother. Okay. Everybody. They knew they didn't want to cross my father. They knew that. And we did things that other families didn't have to do because we were doing them at our house. My mother would hold meetings. My mother was the mother that, that opened up the the center on Wapello where there was a huge house, big, huge plantation looking house. Mm-hmm. And that's where all of the people went who were part of the movement. Wow. And there were canning classes that, that mm-hmm. my mother held there, teaching women how to can foods. Mm-hmm. And all of the classes that Hodadi and uh, Johadi, all of those classes that they that they taught, we were taught by the, the men. Mm-hmm. We were taught by the men because the men were present. Mm-hmm. The men were present. It was those men that told us that we would be using ATM cards, debit mm-hmm. cards. And that was back in the 60s, mm-hmm. the 70s, before anybody had a debit card. Okay. And they, they told us we would be there. Mm-hmm. And I, I just said to someone yesterday or the day before that people think that BLM is something that these people are doing. BLM is a waste. Mm-hmm. BLM is a waste. And I don't believe, I believe some people compare them to the Panthers. There's no comparison whatsoever. None. The FBI, the CIA, the White House, any politician, they were all afraid of the Panthers. Okay. You can go down the list and name them. Huey Newton, Bobby Seale, uh, uh, as in fact, Huey Newton's son mm-hmm. is is still going on on tours around the country speaking. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there were so many people. Medgar Evers, okay? yeah, Medgar Evers' wife is still fighting mm-hmm. the good fight. Angela Davis, and the reason that mm-hmm. those those agencies were so determined to wipe them off the map was because of the work that they were doing. It wasn't that they were running around doing things that were nefarious. They were walking, running around, saving lives. That's That's what they were about. They were about education. They were feeding the community. They had breakfast programs. They had after-school programs. They were giving to the community. Right. Okay? They were giving to the community. There's a program that shows you where they would drive big trucks up to uh, neighborhoods, and they would open the back gate and have somebody out there handing out food, handing out breakfast, handing out lunches, giving people food that they could live on for two weeks, mm-hmm. okay? And and that's why the FBI and the CIA and the presidents were so afraid of them and were pissed off and trying to snub them out because mm-hmm. of the good, great things that they were doing. It wasn't because they were some evil people. No. They were doing for the black community. That's right. That's absolutely right. And I was a witness. In fact, we lived in uh, Altadena when the LAPD went to a house on Central Avenue and burned down the house. But they had been chasing those Panthers, I think, all day or all week. And they wound up at this house on Central and something. And they threw Molotov cocktails. They threw all kinds of stuff and shot into the house thinking that they were going to kill these people. And it was huge. It was a big, big deal. It was all over the news. Even helicopters were out. Oh, it was a big thing. I was going to get in my car, my 1970, I think it was a 1970 Toyota Corona, and I was going to go into L.A. to see my boyfriend. My mother said, no, you're not. You're not going into L.A. until the year 2000. (laughs) (laughs) And 
And, oh, I was hotter than fish grease. I was mm-hmm. hotter than fish grease because I was going to get in my car and go see my boyfriend. And my mother said, no, you are not. Sit down. Sit down and shut up. You're going to watch this. I didn't go to L.A. to see my boyfriend. Okay? And we watched it. We watched them burn down. And they did it very methodically. The houses were close together. But those folks burnt that house down to ash. Mm-hmm. They burnt that house, and I think a house on I one side. Your mother took a role, a leadership role, and I'm sure you just like any young lady. You was a young PYT, pretty young thing. You're going to see your boyfriend. Yep. The norm. That's a norm. Yep. It was different than any other girl that was your age. I That's was, right. That's right. Whatever. You was a young lady. You was hot. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 not not today. Not, not today. today. Not today. Not mm-hmm. happening. You're sitting down. She took authority. She was an authority. She took authority. Made you sit down. So from sitting down and watching this, uh, I'm sure it changed your perspective on things. Oh, it did. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It did. But remember, today's a different day. Right. You can't even tell a 10-year-old to sit down and watch something. <laughs> okay. And, okay and and now we should be able to say sit down we're going to go over this ballot you're going to learn this mm-hmm. you're going to learn about this ballot you're going to mm-hmm. learn what happens because by the time you reach 18 you're going to be a registered voter the day you turn 18 you're going what? to be a registered voter you need to know what goes on in your community Right. These are the Yes. Yes. These are the start. Well, it has to start with us, the group that have the mindset. And this is where we start. We got some men that have a mindset and want to do something different. So I think that we're not, um, just totally gone. We just, we, we need a lot of help. We've lost our way. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that. I believe we have lost our way. And there are quite a few people that say, no, we gained this and we're doing this. We're better than we ever have been before. But do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? We're better than we ever have been before. Before we were, we were slaves. Mm. We're slaves. We were called the NIG word. We're still, we're still called the NIG word today. Okay, racism is still the same. Mm-hmm. The issues that we face in our in our hoods, they're still there. Yeah. They just look a little different because technology has allowed them to look different. And for those people that think that there is no racism in California, which California are you talking about? Which <laughs> California are you thinking about? Because this California got as much racism as I don't know, Brooklyn. You mean Los Angeles? Are there, is there another one? (laughs) For me to have been called the NIG word in Pasadena, are you serious? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And for the Rose Parade to only have had a handful of black Rose Queens, I don't Mm. even think they've had five. And the mm. Rose Parade is is over a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. It's over a hundred years old. And you wow. mean to tell me you mean to tell tell me you can only find five black girls that are qualified to be a Rose Queen? Really? Huh? Mm. Really? Okay. Yes. And the Rose Parade is one of the biggest parades. It's as big as the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I know it's pretty big. Okay. Yes, it's huge. Okay, it's huge. Mm-hmm. So, and and we had someone else on the show, Pablo, mm-hmm. uh, who talked about segregation and that mm-hmm. my high school was segregated back in the seventies, and it mm-hmm. was. Yeah, it was. And wow. then it and then it changed. It went through a metamorphosis in the seventies. Wow. Yeah, in the seventies. And then it became integrated. And now it's back to segregating. Hmm. And he brought up some very, very important issues. Very important issues. 
And remember, we voted on busing. Busing was implemented. Now we have to now and tell me about racism. Now we have to have a discussion about what can be taught in schools. You can't teach CRT, but you can show enough teach LGBTQ, Z and D and transgender and queer and all of that. You can teach that. Boys can wear dresses to school and go into the girls' restroom. Okay. I have a girlfriend who was the school's school administrative assistant. And the little boy that came into her school where his parents allowed him to wear dresses to school. And they had to treat him like he's a girl. Mm. He ain't a girl. He's Mm. an elementary school little boy. But he wanted to wear dresses mm. and said that that was okay. And when when the boy wanted to go to the girls' restroom, some of the other parents said no. Well, they had to bring him into the main office, and he had to use the restroom that the administrators used. Mm-hmm. But he sure enough went to school with a dress on. Mm-hmm. Yes, he yeah. did. Yeah. Okay. So... One of the things that I talk about is balance. Mm -hmm. When are we going to balance out some of these things? Is it going to take everybody voting in one direction? What is it going to take? Because there is no balance. That's for sure. There is no balance. That is a definite sure. What, What if all of this is a design and it was supposed to happen this way? And everything was supposed to become this worse like it is. Uh, it's terrible. Um, but there is going to be a massive change that happens in the future. You know what? And I hope so. I really hope so. We have a a host who has a wonderful, dynamite, outstanding, I can't say enough, comes on, who's on the network on Thursdays, Legacy. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask Teaser if he knows about legacy. Legacy could change the narrative in the Black community. Legacy Home Loans or Legacy Home Mortgage Company. They potentially could change everything. Now, Legacy on top of Operation Hope, on top of Change Fi, on top of a few other mortgage companies could be the change. Mm-hmm. Could I say could mm-hmm. now? Now, Uncle Teaser is a real estate agent. Okay. Okay, he's a real estate agent, mm-hmm. and real estate agents have an opportunity to take their clients to the mortgage company of their choice. They can shop around. They mm-hmm. can shop around. They can find out who has the best rates. They can find out where they get the best deal. Who services them well? Well, you know what? I'm thinking we don't need to shop around. Mm-hmm. We need to go where they are going to take care of us because I can guarantee you if we were Jewish, if we were Asian, if we were Armenian, if we were Syrian, they wouldn't shop around. They'd go to their homeboy. Mm-hmm. Okay, even Mexicans would go to their homeboy. They would not need to shop around. Okay? But home buyers, potential home buyers, have choices. Mm-hmm. How come uh you know what? No. We have to support one another. Mm-hmm. And we that's the state of the black community, the state of black America. We don't need to shop around. We need to support one another. Oh, that's key. Okay. Fannie Mae has given them the auspicious opportunity to be the go-to lender in the Black community. Okay. They make all the loans to Black folks. Somebody told me today, well, everybody's got products. I, You know, I can go anywhere, but that ain't what I'm talking about. (laughs) That ain't what I'm saying. You got somebody who has a warehouse of money who can loan you, lend you, be the direct lender mm-hmm. that will allow you to buy a home. What are you talking about? 
shop around. Okay? So we don't need to shop around. We need to go right there. And right. we need to support that without exactly. any question. Without any question. When you support yeah. that, you get what you want. Right. Okay? You get what you want. Because mm-hmm. we have built, we've built a foundation that is unshakable. But guess what? We don't have any foundations that are unshakable. Our foundations crumble. Well, I think that's going to change. Uh, like you say, legacy. And, and a part of change, <clears throat> to make change, you have to start by the way you talk, the way you think. And I think that uh, I was something I, somebody I was teaching today. Oh, was a lady. She's an older lady that come out of the insurance business with me. And I used to mentor her and I was a, a regional manager and a district manager. And I would take her under my wing sometimes because my mentor would say, okay, James, help her out. But I noted she never listened to anything I tell her. So she says, I need some help. Why don't you bring some help to me? I said, well, let me say this to you, Shirley. Of course, our friend Tony, Tony's a master. I said, Tony's a master. I said, now I'm a master. If I come and help you, you gotta listen. And you, now once you get it in your power, you can do what you want. But if you listen, I can show you how to increase your sales and your products for financial services. But I just need you to listen. And I said, let me explain it to her like this. Maybe she'll understand. You can't put new wine in old wineskins. In other words, I said, it's broken down. You can't bring new fresh ideals and put them to put them inside of old um, uh, containers. You can't do it. So if you want to, then I gave her some illustrations. I said, uh, a lady came to me. She'd been in Mary Kay for about 30 years. She said, I want to be a director. God told me to come to you. I call her Mother Mary. I said, okay, Mother Mary, give me two weeks. I'll help you become a director. And in two weeks, she became a director. She listened. She was open. She worked with me. I worked with her. Um, I was telling her about another girl that works for the same company. Well, they work for themselves as contractors. I said, um, I took her and we made four or five uh, sales that week. It's, it's easy. It's so easy to do this. It's not hard. She says, well, it's hard for me. I can't never get anything done. Nothing ever goes right. Everything. I said, that's where your problem is. If you don't change what you're saying, you're never going to change your results. I said, first of all, I'm going to give, I gave her a thing, confession. I want you to start confessing this every day. I don't tell everybody about this, but this was a confession that I used that changed my life uh, at the brokest time of my life. Um, I was doing a revival with a guy from California and he was a millionaire. Uh, he was working with the rappers and, but he was a pastor out of Vallejo and uh, I, my car broke down. It was just tough. I didn't have any money. I went to this pastor and I thought maybe he would help me. And so my friend, the millionaire was her brother. She said, well, I'll ask him and maybe he'll help you. And, uh, and so he basically looked at me and I looked at his eyes. He was saying, no, but when I talked to this pastor who obviously had a lot of success and I said, well, he got about eight cars. Maybe he'll give me one. He said, people bless me every day. I'm like, really? Somebody just bought me these new ostrich shoes today, brand new. And he says, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something I do every day. I said, okay. He says, Young preacher, you you have favor with God, but you don't have favor with men. I said, huh? He said, you have a lot of favor with God, but you don't have favor with men. I, I never heard that before. He says, uh, I'm going to give you this book called Favors a Road to Success, and I'm going to give you a confession I confess every day. I thought, okay. He says, I confess I have favor with God and favor with men. And men are giving monies, plural monies, into my bosom. When he said bosom, that sounded a little creepy to me today. <laughs> he said, and I'll say again, 
So if anybody want to hear, I have favor with God and favor yeah. with men are giving monies in my bosom today. Well, I walked out of his office and I heard inside an inside voice said, if you confess that for two weeks, you're going to see a difference. And I said, okay, I'm going to confess it 16, 17 times. The first day I started confessing that, I think I, I was at the grocery store and it was a Minyard's grocery. I don't know if they have them in LA, but you know, no. you're familiar Minyard. with Minyard, yes, yes. So uh, the guy at Minyard says, I don't know why I'm doing this. Anytime it's a penny, we always take the penny, but I'm going to give the penny to you. I said, okay, gave me the penny. I'm confessing I got favor with God and favor with man. Man, and giving money in my bosom today. So at the end of the night, I said, God, I've been confessing. Ain't nobody gave me nothing. He said, oh, yeah, they did. I said, a penny? That ain't no money. (laughs) That's the problem. We see everything as nothing. Yeah. We don't see things as God sees. So the next day, I'm confessing. I got favor with God and favor with man. Man, and giving money into my bosom. And I'm confessing. So a lady that I know came to my house and I'm telling a, a pastor on the phone, yeah, I'm confessing I got faith with God and faith with man, man are giving money. And the lady just ringing my doorbell. So I said, pastor, I got to go come to the door. She's handing me money. She's handing me like uh hundreds and fifties and twenties. And you know, I'm like, and she seemed like she was on a mission. She had to give the money to me. I don't know why. Okay, she gave him up. Didn't think about it. So I, I was praying in prayer the next day, and I got a thought in my mind. I said, go down to the law office. I said, for what? I said, go down. To, I went down to the law office. When I got there, now it was obedience. The thought said, go to the law office. It was inside. I went to the law office, and it said, ask him to write you a check. I walked up to the guy and said, hey, I knew him. I said, write me a check. And I thought he was going to say no. He said, okay, how much, Pastor? I was going to say $100 and, and something inside of me said, don't say anything. He said, how much? I'm thinking $100. Well, when he gave me the check, it was $500. So all, I, all of a sudden that week, I started getting money from everyone. People were sending me money. I was on the radio and uh, my car had went out. I went to a car dealership. They said I needed this money. I didn't have any money at first, no money. And I told the people, well, I pray for them every week. I was praying for 70, 80, 100 people a day. They would call me every day on the radio. Um, I asked all of them. I went back and said, can you give me a donation? And most of them sent five bucks. It's a true story. And I saw the five bucks in my mind. So that ain't nothing. You got to be careful. When the money came in, and it all came in, and uh, the car place, you know what, Mr. Turk, man, we got another car. Only have so uh, 35 miles on it, really. Off the showroom floor, they gave me that car. We're going to take it down, just $1,500. They had given me over $1,300. I'm like, whoa. Whoa. That little money adds up. Wow. See, so I see, you got to look at things like, God. Oh, so I started confessing. Then they called me up and they said, Mr. Turner, we're going to take it down to 800. So it was 1,500, 800. And then I had that money and money for the insurance. Well, what I found, and I looked at my bank account, I had now had money in three different bank accounts that I didn't have money in three weeks ago. And things started to happen. Doors started to open for me because favor is your road to success. What a lot of black people don't have is favor. You have a lot of favor, but a lot of them don't have favor. Favor can be garnered by a lot of different ways. Confession, mm-hmm. live, how you act, maintain if you're on time, if you are a person of good character. And so a lot of them don't understand they should work on increasing favor. You can be a real pretty woman. Now, to help somebody, this is going to be a million-dollar uh, uh, buster I'm going to hit you with right now. This is a blessing. I'm going to help somebody. You could be... I read the book. This girl was the most beautiful person, but she couldn't get married. You know why she didn't have any favor? She didn't like herself. She, she said mm-hmm. that. She talked down. And so, you know... <laughs> We have to change how we're talking and thinking. And whatever you think is what you're going to have. It doesn't right. matter how 
good you look. I had a lady to come to my congregation. She was an older white lady. She came in, and no disrespect, but she was she was not a lady. She didn't have a lot of opulence. She says uh, to me one day, oh, yeah, the doctor looks at me, and she had some sores on her legs, and God's like, pray for her. I prayed for her. I mean, her legs healed up in like three months. The doc, that's the doctor like you? She thought everybody like her. When you think good of yourself, guess what happens? Other people start thinking good of you. When you think you're pretty, I don't care how you look, other people think you're pretty. So in order to change our plight, our, our life, you got to change what you think about yourself. Yes, absolutely. If, become, absolutely. if you it think begins- it begins with us. It begins with each one of us. It does. It really begins with each one of us. And unfortunately, we don't have the foundation to understand that. So we do have people that figure I so they don't want to they don't want to be a part of it. And I I ain't doing that. I ain't doing it. I ain't voting. I I ain't thinking about that. I ain't doing that. I and don't have a clue. As to what that does, they do it to themselves, they do it to the families, the people around them, the community. Because everybody comes up with, I ain't doing that. I don't know. I you have no idea what yes. how damaging that is. And Pastor, we're going to keep this conversation going. It's now the top of the hour, and we're gonna get shut down in just a minute. But thank you once again for joining us. We've got a few days before voting begins, and we're going to have you back. We're going to continue this conversation. We've got to talk about it because we have to change our narrative. We're losing ground every single day. We have to change our narrative. If we change our narrative, we change our trajectory, and that's our responsibility. That's right. our responsibility. Well, I'm decreeing so, today that you're changing it. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to walk in the new face. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. And we're going to speak life on ourselves. Yes, and we are. And so let's do it, Yolanda. I appreciate yes. you much. And, and 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 I do what I said. I speak favor every week. You know, I'm not married. I I, ask, I have somebody every week trying to marry me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're all... Lucky crazy. you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's crazy. And you have to be careful when you get there. Ooh, yeah, you, yeah. You don't you may know. Not want, yeah, you don't know that. Don't, don't know. know shit, okay? Don't know. Because I ain't taking any old thing. I am not taking any old oh, new, new, new. Mm-mm. Ah. No. Mm-mm. I ain't never been that desperate. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Pastor. Thank you so much. Oh, we are going yeah. to do this again. All right. And we are going to make sure that we bring you back very soon. We will all be voting very soon. And mark my word, Pastor, I'll be home soon, too. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor. We will talk to you very soon. All right. Let's keep this going, folks. Let's keep it going. Have a good night. Tomorrow, we do have a great show right here on Intentional Talk Radio Network. We've got Legacy, Closing the Gap with Legacy. We're continuing the Legacy series. So we'll see you tomorrow. Stay good, stay prayerful, stay positive. Take care of yourself and take care of others. Have a good night. Take care. That I'm way too Of you loving me long time. But I bet you In so many ways, I've rubbed off on you, and you've been loving me long time, and I bet you always You always will.
and you